Hey everyone, this is Anthony Fleming, Senior Pastor of Church Alive, praying that this message is fresh, real and powerful in your mind, your heart, your family, every part of your life. If you enjoy these messages, subscribe to it, share it with a friend to build their faith. God bless you as you lean in to the power and presence of God's Word. The 11 o'clock is the lucky crowd. You don't have me up here as a blubbering mess. I was sobbing in the last service. And the reason why there's a line in that song that, and you guys can all stand, please, for the reading of God's word. There's a part in that song that says, I was 15 and she drug me to church in my khaki pants on Sunday and Wednesday. I wasn't in khaki pants, but she definitely on a Wednesday and Sunday led me to church. and. Even though there was moments where my mom, I felt like she was crazy. Because of her, I learned how to pray. and I learned tenacity. I learned resilience. And she's not here right now. She's at her church down the road with my dad. They're pastors. And I honor her today and every day, even though sometimes I could be hard at showing that. <laughs> but anyway, welcome all the moms. Before you sit down, I wanted to honor a bunch of moms. I saw this Instagram story. So I thought it said it best. And I wanted to take a moment together to the pregnant mom to the first-time mom to the mom with a toddler at her feet and a baby in her arms to the woman struggling to become a mom to the mom of a child with special needs to the mom trying to balance work and motherhood to the single mom doing this all on her own to the adoptive mom to the mom whose baby won't sleep we see you to the mom far from her parents, to the mom who lost their child before she got to hold him or her, or lost her child after she got to hold them. the mom battling anxiety or depression to the mom living a multi-generational household to the mom separated from her kids to the foster mom to the mom with a relationship on the rocks to the stay-at-home mom who is on 24 7 to the stepmom to the spiritual mom we see you to all the moms loving their kids hard keeping them safe and doing their best without knowing what the future holds. We see you, we salute you, we're here for you as you keep going. Father, I thank you for every mom here, those who um, are feeling all sorts of ways because life maybe hasn't been what it, they thought it may be. I pray right now that you would wrap your loving arms around them, bring them comfort, bring them peace, bring them joy. I thank you, Lord, for their lives. I thank you, God, that today you have a word of hope and peace and joy for them. In Jesus' name, I ask you, God, that you would just speak through me this morning. 
Lord, that this message would um, come straight from your heart, God, into um, the hearts of your people. Lord, whoever needs a message of hope, I pray that today they would leave differently. Lord, in Jesus' name, we commit this time. I ask you that you would use me, Father. And I pray, Lord, that I would even step outside of my own notes, my own agenda, Father, and that you would just have your way. Lord, I'm here, use me as an instrument for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. Well, that didn't go as planned, okay. Uh, the main verse that I wanna share with you today it's actually a verse I learned when I was 15 years old in Sunday school, and for some reason it impacted me, and it wouldn't have made sense to impact me as a 15-year-old girl living life and having a good time, but a woman, I'll never forget her, she was one of the um, like prophetesses of my dad's church. She preached this message from this book, Zechariah chapter 4, 6, and it says this, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. The message of today, sorry, the title of today's message is Not My Power. And to everyone online and to everyone in Overflow, welcome. It's an honor to speak to you today. The title, Not My Power. Well, let me tell you a little bit about me and our current situation. If you have been coming for a little less than two months, you may have heard about a little puppy in our lives called Shiloh, a little golden retriever. We picked him up a little bit over two months ago now. And um, yeah, I'm not sure why we were crazy enough to go get a puppy in the midst of crazy life that we have, but we love him. I'm obsessed. My husband's concerned with my obsession. I swore I wouldn't be that Instagram person that would start a page for their dog. Well, here I am. I started a page for my dog and I'm a little embarrassed, but not at all, clearly. Having a puppy is like having a baby. Sleepless nights, potty training, pee poo everywhere, you name it. All this kind of stuff, the biting and the training. And anyway, we love it though. It's been fun for the kids, it's been fun for me. But Saturdays is my cleaning day. I, I get up early, I get cleaning, I do laundry, because I want to, you know, finish by around 12, 1 o'clock and have fun with the kids. This particular Saturday, a couple of weeks ago, that week, our dog. His, you know, bathroom business wasn't the firmest, if you know what I mean, okay? It wasn't solid, okay? <laughs> and so he was, you know, having bathroom issues that whole week, and so I kept taking him out, my husband, the kids, and finally this afternoon, I had just finished cleaning the house, I had just finished taking a shower, I was ready to go out and have some fun with the kids, right? So I take him out in the backyard, and as I take him out, he does his business, not that firm, if you know what I mean, and I was like, well, I can't leave, you know, the remnants of this stuff here, even though I picked up as much as I could. So I saw a hose right next to me, and I was like, oh, let me wipe, like wash this down, it'll be great. So I grabbed the hose, not realizing it was on the power mode stream, you know, like the really, like the water pressure, yeah, wait. <laughs> so I get the hose, there's his beautiful poo right there, and I get the hose, and I go right on top of it like this. Yeah, and at the same time, Shiloh's right there, and I'm talking to him. I'm like, baby, Shiloh, you're so cute. Oh my gosh, you're so cute. And all of a sudden, I squeeze the nozzle, and yeah. My mouth was open, guys. I didn't even want to cry because I was afraid of tasting it. 
I was like, oh, oh yeah, oh, oh, oh yeah. And I got, I was covered. Guys, I felt the dripping off of my hair. Just showered, okay? Dripped in poop and dripped in mud, all right? So I walk into my house, my clean kitchen, my clean bathroom, and I just a trail of poop and mud coming off of me. And I was like, what? just happened, but I still love my dog. But anyway, has it ever felt like you turned on a hose to clean something up in your life or someone else's, stood right on top of it and squeezed for dear life to actually make a greater mess of it? Have you ever been in a situation where someone you really cared about was about to make a decision that could ruin their life? A child, a spouse, a sibling, a, a friend, a family member. Has there ever been a moment where you were so desperate to get through to somebody because you love them and you know that what they're about to do may ruin their life, but they're just not listening to you? Don't we wish we could control every situation, not because we're bad, but because we want to protect those we care about? You see, in our desperation to protect those we love from themselves sometimes, in our desperation to keep those we love from falling off a cliff, making stupid decisions, getting away from God's will, we try to force our hand into situations. We try in our power to make things happen or make things not happen. We try every method under the sun to convince them. It's like you go into every type of emotional, you know, emotional plea there is. Like, please don't do that. Please don't do that. What are you doing? Please don't do that. You know, you go into every type of mode you can get into to convince someone, to plea with someone. Please don't do that. You are going to hurt yourself. You're going to wreck your life. What are you doing? Don't go down that path. And, and we do whatever we can in our own power to save the people we love some pain yet after we try everything in our own strength we we grow weary don't we we're exhausted we wind up if you're a parent we wind up getting more anxious we we wind up getting more fearful and sometimes not always but sometimes we manage to push those we love further away from us we're not bad for wanting to protect those we love. We're not bad because we want to convince them of a better way. We're not bad, but it can become a mess when we try to forcefully make things happen in our power, in our strength, and in our time. You know, there's going to be times in our life, and, and I believe it, we should stand for truth, and I believe it, we should be truth shouters with love. There will be times where our role will be, hey, stop, what are you doing? It will be our role to stand up and tell people, no, you're going the wrong way. Yes, there will be times where we have to get up and shake them up a little bit. You can do the sweet talk thing. You can do the angry thing. You can do whatever you need to do to feel like you did your part. Are, and sometimes you will be able to convince those you love, but sometimes you won't. And it's in the sometimes that you won't that it leaves us, those we love, it leaves us almost like helpless and hopeless. Like, what do I do to, what, what can I do to change their mind before it's too late? How can I help? How do I, how can I, what can I, what will I? And it's all these questions and we run into this desperation because we love people. 
and we care about them. And hear me now, if you're young in here, if you're not a parent in here, maybe you have a friend and all of a sudden you see them start taking a route that you're not wanting them to take. Don't disconnect if you're young in here. These are the messages I heard when I was a young teenager that became my lifeline as an adult. Save yourself some pain as a young teenager now by listening to the powerful words of God's word. You know, there have been times where I felt the nudge of the Holy Spirit to speak up and warn people and persist. And other times he told me just to sit down and pray. And that was the hardest part. If you are a parent in here, we know there's so many different stages of parenting and there's so many different stages of a child's life. There's the baby stage, right? The young children and we do everything within our power to clothe them, feed them, pray for them, nourish them and all that stuff. And we do all we can do and pray and trust God for the rest. And I did want to leave just a quick uh, slide for you guys if you wanted to take a picture of it when it comes up on how to pray for your children, even though that's not what this message necessarily is about. But these are all the ways I've prayed for my kids even while I was pregnant. But the way, especially the ones that I highlight the most are praying for their spouses. Yes, even when I was pregnant, you're like, Pastor Miriam, that's a little ridiculous. No, it's not. I'm a pastor. I see how many people struggle in their marriages. And praying early, being proactive in your prayers instead of reactive makes a big difference. Pray for their spouses. Pray for their friends, for great role models. And here's a huge one. I pray this often. Pray that they would encounter the Holy Spirit at a young age. Lay hands on that child when they're sleeping and declare that they would know and encounter the power of the Holy Spirit at a young age because you want their faith to be theirs, authentic and original. You don't want when they get to school and teenage life and college life or the things of the world to pull them. You want them to taste and see God's goodness for themselves. This is important to pray over your children. Let's keep moving on. You have the baby stage, right? Now you have the preteen and teenage years, and this is a tricky time, not an easy time. You still do your part as a parent. Now you add some rules and boundaries, and hopefully they listen. Sometimes they probably won't, but this stage is a bit tricky. It could be a bit scary if they find the wrong friends, if they get into the wrong activities and put into peer pressure. Different level of parenting is needed in this season. We need wisdom and discernment, great role models to navigate the hormones and the attitudes, the insecurity, and so forth. And it's in this season that as parents, we don't know how hard to squeeze the nozzle. Too hard or too light, you're afraid because you're not sure of, am I gonna push them over the edge by being too strict? Am I being too lenient? And that's where you need the Holy Spirit to really teach you how to lead lovingly your children in this stage. Let's keep moving to the young adult stage. That's when they're making lifelong decisions education, career paths, spouses, all that stuff. So many different seasons in parenting. And no matter what stage of life our kids are in or the people that we love, whether it's a sibling, a spouse, a friend, family member, there is something inside of us that wants to protect them. There's something inside of us when we see them taking a, a path that we know will not end well, when we see them making decisions or, or treating their health a certain way or getting into all this debt, when you see them making decisions that you're like, what are you doing? You get into protective mode and that's not a bad thing, that's a great thing. But when things get complicated, and we need to, and we want to get into that protect mode. Be careful that protect mode doesn't become control mode. Yeah. 
because God is never intended for us to be in control. He's intended for him, God, to be in control. And anytime we try to become God to the people in our lives, we make a mess of things because we want things in our time, in our way. No, God, I don't want him to have to go through that pain. But sometimes that is their story God is writing so that they can experience God for themselves. Our need to protect, if we're not careful, becomes the need to control. But because God never intended for us to be in control, we lose control and we start to lose our minds. We're exhausted, we're weary, discouraged, hopeless, and desperate for God to intervene. But today, what I want to share with you is a little bit of my journey. If you don't mind me sharing, I felt like a couple of months ago, this message has been in my heart and it's been what he's been teaching me. And this is literally, this message is my life lesson recently of how I've been navigating loving people who I know in my life have not been making great decisions. And as a mom, a spiritual mom, as a mentor, as someone who really loves hard, I don't know about you, but I love hard. Like I love to the point that I'll hit someone if you mess with somebody I love. And then I'll ask for forgiveness later and hopefully not go to jail. But Portuguese from Newark, you know. Um, but I love hard, and so when I see the people I love hard making decisions that will hit hard, it's hard to watch, lots of hard. Our power is not enough. Our words won't ever be convincing enough, and only the power of the Holy Spirit can do the impossible, and we see countless scriptures on God, not, nothing being too hard for God and nothing is impossible with God. Matthew 19, 26, Jesus said, with man, this is impossible. With God, all things are possible. And I haven't had to pray what I'm gonna teach you in a moment with my own biological kids, but I have had to pray this for people who are like children to me. And I've had to learn my power is not enough and it does not mean I'm incomplete. It means the one who completes me is the one who steps in with his power to make the impossible possible my power not being enough and maybe you're a man in here like well my power is enough you know like well maybe I don't know but in certain situations when it comes to people making their decisions maybe your son maybe your daughter and as a dad there's nothing that makes a dad's heart cry more than seeing their son or their daughter doing something good or doing something bad something inside of you tugs at your heart you know I found myself desperate in certain situations for certain people I love to wake up before their ship sinks. And this is what I felt the Holy Spirit has taught me. Number one, there's three points today. Not my power, but by the Holy Spirit's power. I wanna share with you a dream. Um, a while ago, I had a really alarming dream that I really hoped to God it was a pizza dream. I was like, I woke up, I was like, there's no way, no, 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 there's no way this is true. But I knew in my, I just knew in my gut, like this is, this is real. I called the person that the dream was regarding. Actually, I called the family member and I was like, hey, long story short, I met with this person and the person told me everything that was going on and my dream was right on point. And, and all of a sudden I went from listening to this person speak to me to all hell broke loose inside of me. I was like, what is wrong with you? Why, no, don't you know that this is gonna ruin your life? And, and I went into like, I was angry, I was mad, I was trying to convince, I was being persistent. I was like, Bible says, Bible says. And the person's just like, I've made my decision. 
I've made my decision. This is what I want. I've made my decision. I'm like, what are you doing? And I was angry and convincing, all this kind of stuff. And, and man, I can't even tell you how many gears I shifted in a few conversations with this person. I went from angry, then the next conversation I had with this person, I sobbed the entire time. Please don't do this. Please, it's gonna ruin And I'm like sobbing. And, and the person's just looking at me, not even one tear, nothing. I was like, please give me something. Feel what I'm feeling here, you know? Nothing, not a tear, nothing. And so I'm there, my husband's there, he doesn't, Anthony's not really good when it comes to like, if I'm crying, like I love you babe, but if I'm ever crying, he's like, it's okay babe, like I'm like, I'm not a dog, stop patting me. <laughs> Katie, come over. <laughs> you know, and I love him, he tries so hard, he just does not know how to do the whole like, you know, come here babe, let me hold you, just, yeah, he just pats me like a puppy, you know, like be okay but I love you <laughs> but my second car so he's there as I'm sobbing he doesn't know what to do I'm just a mess I get in the car I keep crying move on a few more months and then I had to make a phone call to this person um, to kind of update them on something and I knew it wasn't gonna be a great call and I avoid I wanted to avoid it but I knew I couldn't and I found myself again trying to convince trying to prove, to say anything for this person to change their mind, to wake up. And, and in the middle of my pleading, in the middle of my convincing, in, in mid-conversation, I kid you not, I was sitting in my back office, something inside of me was like, Miriam. And I'm literally on the phone like, oh, please, oh my God. And I'm like being like crazy. And it was like, Miriam, remember my word, not by your power, not by, what is it? Not by power, not by strength, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Not by might, nor by power, but by his spirit. And I was there in that moment, literally, in that moment, I, I heard it. And it was almost like the Holy Spirit, all in one second, was trying to say, you're trying to convince in your own strength. You're trying to prove it in your own strength. You're, you're pleading in your own strength, but Miriam, give her to me. Trust me, your strength, your convincing, your pleading, your please, whatever it is, it won't work in this situation. Sometimes it may, sometimes we can convince people, but sometimes there are situations where God is saying, trust me, not by your power, not by your strength, but by my spirit, not by your words, not by your convictions, but by my spirit. The Holy Ghost will come in, he will breathe in his power, his life, and I, the person must have thought I was bipolar. Because I'm like, ah, okay, I love you. I'm praying for you. And, and it was like this major shift because it literally was this like whoosh, moment. Miriam, my word says. And I was like, oh my gosh, I've been striving to lead her in this season. I've been striving to convince her in this season. And all along, God was just saying, surrender her to me. Surrender her to me. I hung up that day and my prayer for her changed. I surrendered this person to God. His spirit is the only thing that can truly convict in such a way to produce an internal change. You know, pressure doesn't always change people. Guilt doesn't change people. Shaming people doesn't change people but the conviction of the Holy Spirit that abides in us is what brings lasting change. 
And so in that moment, I realized there was nothing more I could do in my own strength and with my own words. It was very bittersweet, especially as women. We like to control things. Guys are like, oh, you know, girls are like, oh, you know, it was bittersweet because I wanted to hold on because I thought if I held on, she'd be okay. And sweet because the pressure was off of me that now it was all up to God. Isn't that an interesting realization that, man, the moment we take our hands off of what we've been pressing that nozzle so hard with because we wanted to clean that situation, we want to take care of that situation, but if we let go, God actually gets to intervene? I stopped pleading. Does it mean I shouldn't have pleaded in the first place? I don't want you to think that this message is the fact that you don't ever have to convince someone that you love of something that is truth. There is a moment where he tells us, okay, you've done your part, now go fight in prayer. You've done your part, now go fight on your knees. You've done your part, now go fight in worship. You've done your part, you've said what you needed to say, now go pray, now surrender, now keep going. There is a time and there is a season for everything the Bible tells us. My prayer changed to number two, lead them in all truth. Lead her in all truth. And I'll tell you when I learned this prayer, it was a couple of years ago, another story. Another person who was like a child to me, a son in the faith, was going through a very dark season. And when your kids go through a dark season, you go through a dark season. It was one of the roughest seasons in my life. This is years ago now. And I'll never forget, I felt very prompted by the Holy Spirit that even though I knew the relationship he was involved with was toxic and was going to lead him down a wrong path, for some reason the Holy Spirit told me to keep my mouth shut and to fight on my knees. And you know me, I'm a girl, I want to talk, I want to tell him everything, I want to be like, what are you crazy, get out, what's wrong with you, it's going to ruin your life, you know, but like the Holy Spirit said, keep your mouth shut and fight on your knees, and I did. I kept my mouth shut, but the stuff that was coming out of his mouth during that season was so distorted. Lots of half-truths, lots of things that felt nice in the natural, that sounded good in the flesh, but I'm listening and I'm like, mm -hmm, honey, really? Okay, I'm like, I rebuke this lie in Jesus' name. But he didn't hear me say it, but inside he'd be like, yeah, the love of my life. I'm like, is she really though? You know, I rebuke that now, you know? And so all this time, hearing all this stuff, and then I started praying, I bumped into this verse and I loved it. And now I use this to pray over people. John 16, 13. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will guide you into all truth. So many times the reason why the people that we love, our family members, our friends, our siblings, whoever it is, they are taking paths that are not God's for them is because they only see some truth. They only maybe feel what they feel but don't understand what's on the other side of those feelings. Sometimes they only see in part of what is right now, but God wants to spare you pain because he knows what's to come. And so we see in part, but we get to pray, God, reveal all truth. And I started believing for this son in the faith, another story than when I was just telling now, and I said, Lord, reveal to him all truth. Let him see his decision. Let him see that this path is not for him, that you have a call of God on his life. And that was my prayer on my knees and a couple of my other girlfriends who were praying with me in that season. Lord, lead him in all truth. And maybe that's a prayer you need to be praying today. 
God, would you lead my brother in all truth? Would you lead my, lead my daughter into all truth, my sister into all truth, my friend, my husband, whatever. Uh, the person you're leading, someone in your transform group, someone in wherever department you serve, I don't know, but maybe your prayer needs to be, Lord, for so-and-so, lead them in all truth. Reveal all truth, not just half-truths. Holy Spirit, guide him in all truth. Holy Spirit, guide her in all truth. Convict, convince, do a work. Let them see your hands and reveal to them. Sometimes it'll feel like he's not listening because it'll feel like, well, they're still living in that half lie. And you're like, God, where are you? Sometimes, look, with that son of mine, it took months, maybe like four months, maybe more, I don't remember. But all truth was revealed. All truth was revealed. On the other story, I'm still waiting, but I believe God gave me a word. God gave me a word and I'm believing for that person. God gave me a word. My last point, God gave me that word. And so now I wait on him. Number three, wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. I feel like someone needs to hear that in here. Maybe you have a teenager and you're like, what, I raised them right? What is this? Wait on the Lord. God is writing his story. God is writing your daughter's story. God is writing your whatever situation and wherever you're feeling like God helped that person. God is writing that person. Have you surrendered them yet? And if you haven't, that's okay. Today, you get the opportunity to surrender the person that is a burden in your heart, the person that God's called you to pray for. Today is your opportunity to say, God, I surrender my son, my daughter, my brother, my sister, my wife, my husband, my mother, my father, my coworker, my neighbor, I surrender them to you. Lord, I ask you to reveal all truth and I will wait on you, Lord. Just wait. Just pray and wait. Just trust and wait. Worship and wait. Praise and wait. I'm tired, Pastor Miriam, of waiting. I'm, I'm tired. I'm tired of seeing them keep falling on their face. I'm tired of them going back to drugs. I'm tired of them going back to alcohol. I'm tired of them going back to the abusive relationship. I'm tired. I'm tired. I know. But wait on the Lord. Wait on Him. He will renew your strength. He will make you to rise up and mount up with wings like eagles. You will run and not be weary, even though you may feel weary in this moment. The waiting season is for you. Hear it. Hear it now while you're fighting for your son, for your daughter, for your friend, for whoever it is you're fighting for. I want to tell you that your waiting is for you right now. So that you can get strengthened while you're praying. So that you can get what you need from the Lord. So that you can rise up and be a prayer warrior. Because we need you to pray. And we need you to pray in faith with boldness. And declare and decree the appointed time for that son and for that daughter. We need you to wait on God. So when you pray, your prayers are like roars. So when you pray, your prayers are like a lion inside of your lungs. Making a dent in the kingdom of God. Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength, Isaiah 40, 31. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. The hardest part is waiting. 
will we lose them? Will they mess something up? Or will, will something worse happen, God? God, are you listening? God, I just don't want to wait. I just want you to do it. Waiting is hard. Lots of, lots of tears are shed during waiting. Lots of unknowns happen during the waiting. I just want to say your prayers are weapons in the battlefield. Our prayers are sustenance in the battlefield, in the waiting. Our prayers are hope in the hopelessness, our worship. When you come in here, some people say, I feel like a fake. I'm in here heavy. I feel discouraged and I'm here and I'm singing. And when someone in the foyer asks me how I'm doing, I'm fine. I feel like a fake. No, you're not. You're coming in here to get your sustenance. You're coming in here to get your roar back. You're coming in here so that you can fight. You're coming in here, even though your head might seem low, you're coming in here because he's the lifter of your head. You don't have to fake it. You can have a bad day. That's why we come together. So we can raise up a hallelujah together. Our worship is our weapon. Our worship is our sustenance. Our, our praise is our hope. Our faith is our sustenance. That's how you wait. Wait on him for his leading on what your next step should be. Wait on him for the refreshing. Wait on him for the promises to be fulfilled. If he gave you a word, he will fulfill it. Some people see it automatically right away. Some people don't see it for years and I hate to break it to you, but I will say this. I know countless stories, my dad being a pastor for almost 40 years now, of people who've prayed for their sons, for their daughters for years and years and years. Finally, they pass away. And then years later, their son or their daughter is serving God. You see, you may not always see it with your eyes, but God is faithful and he will deliver. God's timing is always on time. It's just not on Miriam's time. It may not be on Rita's time. It may not be on Alex or Kieran's time. It may not be on anybody else's time, but on his time is perfect. anyone who's feeling pretty worn out by this battle of waiting by this battle of seeing someone you care about just living for themselves living recklessly sometimes maybe not even recklessly sometimes they just they don't realize the path they're taking and it's not even they're bad it's nothing like that it's just they're lost and maybe you're just tired and you're desperate I want to tell you, you're not in a bad place because when we're weak, he is strong. Second Corinthians 12, 9, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for your power. My power is made perfect in weakness, he's saying. His power is made perfect in my weakness. So it's all right if you're feeling like your strength has run out. That means he's ready to put in his strength. Let go of the hose today. Do your part, plead. Try to convince, do your part, do what you need to do. But then wait on God for the rest. Would you stand to your feet? The worship team is gonna lead us back into that chorus that we sang earlier, wait on you, God. Wait on you, Lord. And I want us to have a moment to maybe, you never really understood what it meant by waiting on the Lord, but maybe now you do a little bit more. And, Maybe there's people in your life that you haven't surrendered yet, that you haven't given to God, that maybe there's a family member, I don't know who it is, but this is your moment to release. 
Not that you're letting them go in a bad way, but you're just saying, God, you're a better God than I am. You're a better Holy Spirit than I am. And so I give this person to you. I commit this person to you. I trust you that you will do a work. I trust you, God, that you will perform the miracle that is almost impossible to see. I trust you, God, that you will deliver set free. Lord, I trust you. I trust you. I trust you. You will deliver. You are faithful. You are good. And I trust you as I wait on you. But before we sing that, all across this room today, whether you're online, whether you're in the overflow, I want to ask you a question. Maybe you're that person that people have been praying for. Maybe you're that person that a mom's been praying for you, a dad's been praying for you, a, a sister, a brother, and they've been praying that you would know Jesus that you would give your life to him, that you would stop trying to run your life your own way, but trusting in him to fill you with purpose, to fill you with his peace. If you're in here today, if you're online in overflow, and you're saying, yes, I wanna give my life to Christ. Yes, I want the forgiveness of sins. Yes, I want his direction so that I don't make a mess of my life. Then all across this room, would you close your eyes if that's you, all I want you to do is lift up your hand so I could see it, so I can acknowledge it. If that's you in here, lift up your hand so I could see it. If you're giving your life to Christ, I see those hands. See that one, that one, that I see all those hands there. I see that hand there. I see that hand over there. I see those hands all the way in the back there. I see this one here. Yeah, I see all those hands all throughout. Can you just lower it for me? We're going to do it one more time because I don't want to miss anybody because I know I see other hands there, but we're going to do it one more time. And I'm gonna ask you to lift your hand really high so I could see it. No one's gonna call you out. One, two, three. Raise your hand so I could see it really high. Yep, I see those hands. Yep, I see them. I see them all around here. Yep, I see those hands. Amen. We're gonna all pray this prayer together simple. It's just inviting Jesus to be Lord and Savior of your life for the forgiveness of sins and for His purpose to be fulfilled in your life. Would you repeat after me, dear Jesus? I give you my life today. I surrender today. I repent of my sin and I thank you for your forgiveness. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, can you put your hands together?